G'day guys, welcome back to TK's Playbook, where I break down the winners, losers and black bookers from each game. I'll do this in written audio format, so just check out the website, talkingleaguepod.com, if you want to actually read it as well. So now we're brought to you by Game Day Squad, so create, coach, compete in fantasy footy, be the coach and win, download the app and play now. Now round nine was not too bad, considering I had both Matto and also Payne Haas out. It scored a 940 before updates, so rank from 4,077 up to 1,857. So pretty happy with that, like I said considering what I saw, and I had to play both Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and Jacob Ho, so not too bad. I guess there was a bit of a method to my madness, spinning the chin for Nico Hines, but still plenty of footy to be played. I got a, I do have to control my trading, so I've only got 20 trades left. I am seeing a few bargains, which is a bit of an issue, but yeah, it's one of those things that I think coming up, I will make maybe two more trades and then maybe just hold fire at the moment, but not liking the real NRL coaches, giving us absolutely nothing in terms of information, like... Even with Maddo and a few others, and just happening every week. I think they do need to give us a break on that department. Now, trades on my mind. Paul Alamotti, he was on his last chance, scored a 23. So he'll be traded out. Also have a situation with Isaac Thompson, who's literally not playing at the moment. I do have 158k in the bank. So my shopping list at the moment includes Raymond Fatale and Mariner, Jaden Campbell, and Tavita Totola. Now, injuries, a stack of them. Mark Nichols, a thumb before the round started, two weeks. Braden Hamlin, you well in a nasty incident there with Jeremiah Nanai. He's looking at MCL. He's out for a while. Tom Chester, ACL. Chatty Townsend, a calf. Branko Lee, hamstring. Ray Stone, HIA. Matt Eisenhuth, shoulder. AJ Primson was his hamstring. Kieran Forum had a toe injury. Josh Schuster had a quad injury and a reported fight at training. Paul Morofsky, shoulder. And concerning for cheese owners, unfortunately, he might burn you again because he was taken to hospital in a neck brace. And that was after being stretched off as well. So interesting to get around that news. But hopefully he's okay in a sense of his health for starters. Now, player charges. Now... We had fines for Cohen Hess, Scott Drinkwater, Ray Stone, Herbie Farnworth, Sonny Luke, and Hamali Olakuatu. Jeremiah Nanai, grade three dangerous contact, really dirty play. Four and a half, sorry, four to five matches there. Toafoa Sipley, grade two crusher, three to four matches. Brent Naden, grade two shoulder charge, three to four matches. So that is the only two that I don't have charges for is obviously the two Sunday games. Now, Sharkies versus Cowboys looking at the first of the games. Now, Nico Hines did look on course for 200 at one stage. Scored a beautiful 95 fantasy points. Very complete performance. He does have an average of 81. So I do think you need to find a way to get him or get left behind a little bit. On the origin front, I do think he's pretty much locked in for the New South Wales 17. Would be hard to see him in the sixth jersey, given the success that both Cleary and Luai have had for a number of years. But he's a buy. Season high for 67 fantasy points for Teague Wilton. He's averaging 50 with a low of 38. Has only scored three tries in his eight games, so much different to last year. Does have a base average of 36 tackles and 132 metres gained. So he's a strong consideration to bring in over the origin period. And then the Sharkies are one of the first teams to finish their buys as well. They finished their buys in round 17. So got to keep an eye on a few of them. Now, Blake Braley has really turned the corner. It's got to be... is his running game. He's been really good over the last three weeks. Scores of 64, 48, and 57. Two or three games has seen season-high run meters as well. So don't mind him as a pot option. Britton Nakora, probably... He looked like he had a cork in this one. I've done a few corks like he had knee on knee. So he was a little bit... He missed the last 10 minutes, was a little bit off pace, had about a 39 there. 
there. Jesse Ramian is a bit of concern, but we've got to keep an eye on him because we do know his quality. Loses 40k to be in the mid 500ks with a big break even. Has scores of the last three weeks of 28, 15, and 24. He's completely lost his tackle breaking and offloading over the period of time. He did shed a, a considerable amount of weight over the preseason as well, but we do know his quality. But even on Nico Hines' right edge, he's just not producing at the moment. Reese Robson was a really good buy for owners. That's the type of performance I do like to see because there was no tries, no try assists or anything like that. Just pure base for a 51. I do think he is a buy. Drinkwater is an interesting one. He had some really nice touches, but also a few poor errors as well. Now, Townsend and Chester injury, there could be a temptation to move him into the half. So it'll be interesting to see how they play that. He does have a career average of 43 there. So still relatively cheap, but if you've got, you've got to believe in the you know the Cowboys bouncing back. It's not going to be the easiest run. So the other thing is probably maybe wait out and maybe Xavier Savage comes back a little bit cheaper than him as well. Now, Jeremiah Nanai is having an absolute terrible season. There's that big fat contract going to his head. Another seven missed tackles in this one, looking at four to five weeks as I mentioned earlier in the show. Now, the player to keep an eye on now is Helam Lukey. Now, he did his hamstring a few weeks back against the Doggies, but he was looking in superb form. And we'll turn at 464K and a break-even at 20. Now, I do have some cash in the bank, like I did mention. Now, I do want to upgrade Malamotti, so he might even come into calculations as well. They reckon his timeline is around round 10, which is next week. Now, Granville did make some money, but it could only manage 25 fantasy points in his 53 minutes. I also found that, you know, dual plays are not redone until after 13. So that pretty much lost my interest during the week as well. I just can't see how he plays 53 minutes when you've got a, one of the best mids in the comp in Ruben Cotter playing off the bench for 35 minutes. I'm going to avoid on Drakey Granville. Now, Dearden's an interesting one, depending on the injury report from Chatty. Now, he had a season-high 66 fantasy points. He has been struggling to create for his team. Was good in this one, though, with one try assist and two line breaks. He had a busy all-round performance. Career average of 43 at halfback, but most of it was at a struggling Broncos team. Given his team form, I wouldn't chase him, but just keep him on the radar, just on the watch list for the time being. Now, next game was the Eels versus Knights. Now, Mitch Moses, I reckon that was maybe his greatest ever game. 103 fantasy points in this one. If you're not comfortable holding Origin players for rounds 13 and 20, I've heard of worse ideas than going after someone like Mitchy Moses. 800K, though, so he's getting a little bit toppy. I would consider him, though. The guy I like better is probably his house partner, Dillbags. He finally broke through for a try. 71 fantasy points. And his price at 660k is a steal for me. I reckon he is a massive buy. I'd buy him before Moses. Now, Hopgood, he's back to being good. Punished the 30% of people who have sold him over the last month. Only 4% of the top 5,000 actually have held him. Now, RCG, with him out for a long time, I actually do think that he'll be playing 70 minutes on the weekly. So I'm a hold on him for sure. Lane didn't do much in a game where they scored 43 points, but... And uh, Dillbags just had a run-first approach in this one, which I don't mind seeing anyway. So monitor him for sure. If you want to giggle, Josh Hodson will be around 340k when they open tomorrow. Now, it does sound silly, but you've got to keep him on the radar because if he does return to 80 minutes, he will actually be probably bottoming out and probably come up to be probably maybe a buy. Now, I wouldn't be chasing Gutho's score. He looks good in the NRL front to score his three tries. Did bomb another try, so he could have tummed up. He did score 79 in this one, but I wouldn't be looking at him yet. That was his first 50-plus score since round three, to put things in perspective. So maybe just keep him on the radar, just on the down low for now. So for the Knights, they did get out-close, outclassed and out-enthused. 
Standard good digs from the right edge combo of Gagai and Brazil. They're both good. Frizz is a, probably a buy if you want him after the buy. It'll be interesting, though, because with all the kind of edges that are falling over for Brad Fittler, do, does he go back to Frizzell? Because Frizzell's in really good form at the moment. So that would be my only risk that Frizzell might be bringing himself back into calculations for Origin. Now, with returning forwards, especially after this buy, I do think Leo Thompson is struggling to crack a 50. Also, there's chat about Adam Elliott being back. So I do think that maybe he might be a sell as they enter this buy next week. Now, Crossland and Ponga, absolutely poor nights. Crossland was benched, could only manage 20 fantasy points despite a nice 50-minute spell, while Ponga was on another planet in defense. Negative score for most of the night, did manage a 9 in the end. He will be low 400Ks, but just looks lost in the halves at the moment. Now, his defense is also a massive concern, with Parra just picking him off every single time at will. Now, Crossland actually made some cash, so maybe consider a sellout to maybe one of Lukey. I don't think Savage is going to appear in the team list, but there's a few RFM who I did mention there before as well. Could be a nice little buy as well. Quick drink of water. Now, I'm pretty excited about Saturday coming up. We've got our live podcast, so come along to Lefty's Music Hall. It's going to be a cracking show. 12 o'clock... Beer start, 1 o'clock is the live podcast. It's all free in terms of entering the actual venue. Just pay for your drinks. It is across the road from Suncorp Stadium, so very handy. I'll be there, Andy, Corby, Rich, Jakey, and Robbo. So like I said, entry is free. So coming in early for banter, beers, first game. There's heaps of prizes too. So get in, we'll get you some prizes. Plenty of audience interaction. So we're looking for people. Give us your best narratives, love interests. Everything will be happening on the day. So can't wait to actually meet heap of the punters who I chat to on a regular basis. Now moving to Friday, Broncos versus Rabbitohs. Campbell Graham have been saying it pretty much all week, all week, all year. He's the best center in the NRL. Freddie doesn't pick him. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I just can't. He's Campbell Graham is the best. I'd buy him if I wasn't so confident that he was going to Origin. And now Cam Murray is a bit of a tough watch. He has heaps of demerits coming out. He's leaking cash, but I guess it's kind of about the alternatives at the moment. If you don't have JDB, I'll definitely go to Jack DeBellin. Given only three other matches before the Origin break, you might want to hold him as well. Only JDB, but if you've got JDB, I'd probably hold him for the time being. Now, Cookie, he bombed a couple of tries also. Not playing bad, but he didn't hasn't hit a 60 score in a month. Now, is age catching up with him? Potentially. His run meters over last month is 53, 54, 33, and 65. So, well below average. And, you know, just one of those things. I think you've got to hold him, but I think you sell him as immediately. I think he's going to be the New South Wales 9. Now, Tavita Totola is a really interesting one. He's an elite-level guy. Just zero luck with that concussion and also his MCL, but he did come strong in this one, back in this one. Will actually be around 460K, which I do think is a steal, but he's got another high BE, and I would like to see him get through one more match because that was the first time that he's played back. Well, this weekend coming up will be the first time that he's played back-to-back matches. So got through 45 minutes, racked up 192 metres gain. So he did have 10 demerits. So I do think that he can easily clean this up. And I'm seriously considering him, but I do need to see him in at least back-to-back games for sure. This His return also meant less minutes, unfortunately, for Mawale and Sele. So definitely consider put him on your radar. Now, Hosty, he had a solid 31 fantasy points, which is a nice bounce back given his issues from round eight. Only missed one tackle and a penalty. Decent work rate. So hold on to him. I think he will be handy down the track. Broncos side, just scratch it. Haas and Mam didn't play. So once Haas doesn't play, pretty much a forget forget sometimes games, especially when you've got a calibre team like South Sydney. So reassess it after they go back to full strength against Manly on Friday.
Now, Saturday, Raiders versus Dolphins was a cracking game. Now, Lemu Elu, career game of 90 fantasy points. Two tries, six tackle breaks, one turnover, 147 metres gain, 40 tackles. Noticeable difference between his game on the left and right. On the left, just uses his footwork a little bit more effectively. Also has a more experienced half in Nikarima there. So, they have a really good combination. He doesn't really have to babysit Katoa either. So, left edge scores minus his HIA versus Raiders in round two. Was 64, 43, 48 and 90. His right edge scores are 48, 36, 35, and 34. He's actually 55, 50% owned by the top 5,000, so I think you do need to buy him. If you're looking for an origin period hooker and don't trust Reese Robson, then I think Marshall King is definitely your next best. Didn't really get his running game, but did set up a nice try there for Jesse Bromwich and got through a mountain of work as well, so don't mind him. Katoa continues to hit some pretty good scores, so he just keeps chipping away. Hammer did pretty nice, and actually... He, he scored a try, but he's losing cash. I don't think you're doing to sell him before. I think he might be 18th man. He's just so versatile. It just makes a lot of sense to carry him as 18th man, which would pretty much kill his his uh, buy versatility there at the moment. So, turning the Raiders, bin the Tarpin. Now, Tarpany has been so bad since he cut off his mullet. So, he was pretty loose early trying to offload, but just couldn't create one. Now... I just don't think he has the pop of last season. I think it was an outlier year. I think he's a sell. I've been saying that for probably the last month, and I sold him a month ago. His last five rounds, which includes a buy and also the week off for the birth of his kid, is only 47, 36, and 46. He's only had two 60-points games in seven games, and he loses another 20K. I think it's, to, I think it's been the top in for the final time, I'm going to be saying it. I'm not touching on him until I want to buy him again. Because I think eventually, I think we'll, we'll be buying it again, again, low 600s. Now, I think the guy that you might want to consider is Horsborough. Now, starting at lock, he's played three straight games of at least 70 minutes. He's got scores of 46, 54, and 76. Bit of an outlier game with five offloads, but he still would have hit 50 without them. So, we'll be low 600Ks. My only concern, of course, is... Billy Slater was talking about him the other day. So, I think he will be in the Queensland squad, whether he's good enough to bit in the 17, he might not just, he might be like 19th or 20th man in that kind of pecking order at the moment. Now, both Raiders halves did step up with an emotional game. Wider hit 64. Fogarty hit 61. Both scored a try, got their running game going. Wider's relatively cheap at 548k, and actually with zero chance now with his origin retirement, who knows, you might want to pick him up, because he's never really been fantasy relevant on a classic front, because he's always started too expensive, but 548 for his kind of they start going on a bit of a run. It's not bad for Jackie Wyden, really. What's his break-even while I've got you here? So, break-even for Jackie Wyden's 57. So, he actually hit a 65 just on updates. So, made a couple of bucks. But, if they can go on a run, that's sillier at ideas. So, be interesting there. Fogarty, he does need the goal-kicking back to be worth any pick-up there. But Croker, just his leadership out there and even his... Gameplay is actually really, really good. Now, Hudson Young continues to knock out 50s. That's three in a row in scores of 60, 67, 38, 54, and 59, and 51 just in this game since the start of that shocking two rounds to start the season. I, I, I would love to see New South Wales pick him. So I think one of him and Fazel might be in this squad. Just on New South Wales Cup, I watched about 15 minutes of this game while I was having some lunch. Xavier Savage, he looks massive. Had some really good touches in this one. Would find it hard to get back in this team with Seb Crisp just absolutely killing it there at fullback at the moment. So I do think they will need him back in there at some stage. Wouldn't surprise me if Chris goes back to the wing, the left wing, and maybe Hopper drops out of that team altogether. Now, moving on. 
Sorry, I just need another drink. Got a bit of a sore throat today. Now, Manly versus Titans. Now, DCE only stand out there, 68 fantasy points. He did try to carry the team on his back with a 40-20 into a try-assist for Kepi. Probably too close to origin by him. Olkowatu with back-to-back huge games, 59-63. and Six tackle breaks, 147 metres gained, and 37 tackles. He has had two charges, though, in the last few weeks. So he will be close to a suspension if you be silly. I do think he'll be in New South Wales team. If he wasn't, I'd probably buy him at 691k. Now, Weeksy didn't make the most of his opportunity to start for Turbo. One bad error, just couldn't get going. He's a very exciting talent. Now, Garrick, he's just not a centre, and I'd go nowhere near him while he's actually in that position. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually does play fullback during the origin break, but definitely an avoid for now. Now, Sipley, back to the pack with a Sinbin. That's why I don't really want to touch him. Paseca's kind of interesting. 46, 48, and 52 his last three, but I just can't go near these three. They've got no track record to deserve any of my love. David Afita, best on ground. Finally broke his try drought. 77 fantasy points. Dominant performance. I think it does put him in Queensland 17 with Nanai suspended. I think he's actually the most improved elite player in the NRL. He's more than... Not only is Forum getting him early ball, but... He's actually looking for the ball now. So I think the only thing stopping me buying him is timing. I think in the back end of the season, we'll all need for feeder. Tanner Boyd continues to reward those who held the fire. Top 5,000 is 43% owned. So a lot of people actually did sell him, but that jewel is just way too valuable. So hold on to him. Camperera, he was pretty angry that I sold him, and he looked like he was going to ton up. Did finish with 39 fantasy points, which was pretty much all he did from the first half, so thank God he slowed down. AJ Brimson done his hamstring again, opening the door for Janet Campbell. He is dirt cheap, Campbell. Brimo missed three weeks last time. I think it might be more this time. Be interesting to see what the NRL physio says about this one. Campbell at 459k presents really good value. Set up a beautiful try for Mini Huss, so... He was dynamite in his 39 minutes. Anything high-grade for AJ Brimson, and I'm buying Campbell. I think I'm going to do it anyway. Now, Panthers versus Tigers. How good to see the Tigers get a win in this one? I was going for them big time. Now, how good was Brooks's kicking game? That was elite-level stuff. The guy I want to talk about, though, is Jareem Buller. I think I might play him next week. 45 fantasy points. Very classy performance. Safe under the high ball. Positional player was great. And the try he put on for no far was veteran-looking. Buy him if you haven't got him. I think he's going to be the next... Sort of cashy that puts on a lot. Now, keeping on iPads, his price is shrinking. Only scored 40 fantasy points, but had some really good touches in this one. I think he will bounce back. He does lose 30K to be high 700Ks. If he does kind of drift towards that low 700s, I think that will put definitely put some buy on him, but we know his quality, so definitely stick him on the watch list. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Appy at the moment. He is the heart and soul of that team. That's three 50s in a row for him. Would probably be 50-50 for Origin. But low hundred, low 600Ks for quality, it is tempting. He actually has a surprising seven missed tackles in back-to-back games. So those two games, last two games, could have easily been mid-60s. Interesting time in Chin versus Hines. Now, since Hines has been back, and I know that Cleary obviously had some couple games where Hines didn't play. So we saw him ton up and have some really good... But obviously the concern is now his injury where he's not goal-kicking. So you're not really getting that extra 6 to 10 points, which obviously when you captain him as well, that's an extra 12 to 20. He's had scores since Nico has been back. Nico has scored 73, 72, 95. So that's an average of 80. Chin has scored 57, 63, and 65. That's an average of 62. So if you were going head-to-head captain versus one of your mates, if you had Nico Hines, you would be an extra 108 points up. So 
not to scare chin owners. And obviously, I've got Nico, so I want you all to keep Chinny. So Panthers' next three are the Warriors, Roosters, Broncos. The Sharks, not to scare you, have the Dolphins, Manly, and the Knights. So you could ride it out to Origin, but if you've got the cash, I would actually sell. Unfortunately, as bad as this sounds, I know that you've got this, a lot of people have this philosophy around keepers, but there is a clear difference between the chin and Nico Hines. And I do also think that Nico, he's fighting for the 14 or 6 jersey. Given Luai and Cleary's combination, I do think that Nico will be playing 14 and playing limited minutes off the bench in origin, which will mean that if he's playing limited minutes off the bench, he's going to back up after every origin, while Cleary will be 50-50. So I do think there is a case to trade him up if you've been wise with your trades and you've got a bit of cash in the bank. I would actually do it, but that's me. Of course, I love Nico Hines, so I'm not going to talk about that anymore. All right, Dylan Edwards, first class. He bounced back. A lot of people recommending him after a couple of – he had a – sorry, a couple a few weeks ago, a lot of people recommending him. Then he's had back-to-back 35s. Now he scored 57, was just everywhere. Probably a little bit too pricey now, though. Now the two games to finish Sunday, actually both – yeah, it was one of those interesting ones. The Warriors versus Roosters, just absolutely terrible conditions. So hard to take anything really out of it because the likes of SJ, Teddy, and Manu were just significantly affecting this one. To put things in perspective, SJ only had around half his normal run meters. So it's really hard to analyze a game like this because these conditions just won't be there week to week. Adam punched out 76 minutes, 59 fantasy points. Given they are saying Toy is only one to two weeks away, it'd be hard to go after him. Lots of ch- chat about punting Jackson Ford, but I'm going to hold him. He had 43 fantasy points. He had 18 demerits and a drop all over the line. So this could have been a better day for us for sure, but I'd be holding him with his dual status. Butcher Brothers, that will stand out. It's got, it got through a mountain of work, this one, but I'll definitely pass with Satili and Angus both on the bank bench for now. Best thing out of this one is probably a bit of a price watch. Angus Crichton, 28 fantasy points. Seeing loses about 60k to 705k. Teddy remains unchanged at 576k. Manu adds about 10k to 625k and Cheese adds around 25k to 545k but you might have been burnt a lot of people for the fourth time in about 18 months there. So some quality players at bargain prices. I think to buy Crichton, though, you're going to need to see him return to the starting team and playing 80 minutes. At his best, he gets through a mountain of work and would add a couple of tackle breaks and one to two offloads as well. So still way off the pace. I don't see him playing Origin. So be interesting to see where he lies in Freddie's head. But if he does, he did this last year as well in terms of getting cheap. So if he keeps kind of plugging away at these scores and he kind of gets in these kind of high 500s, might be temptation there to get Angus Crichton, that is for sure. Last game, Dragons versus Doggies. Now, it wasn't too bad of a game, actually, to watch. I didn't mind this one. Jackie DeBellin, yeah, we recommended him a couple of weeks ago, which was huge for us, and that was probably a pretty good call the way it's turning out because of his big minutes. 74 fantasy points in this one, 43 tackles, four tackle breaks, one offload, and 161 metres gain. I know the New South Wales are probably one mid-short, is Jack DeBellin now kind of creeping into origin frame? I think it might be between him and Daniel Saifidi. be interesting to see where Freddie lies. He hasn't played, obviously, origin for probably, I think, from memory, four or five years. Interesting one there. Another flat track bully performance by Benny Hunt. Again, he just can't close, though. So massive avoid on him, and it's concerning that given the money that he's getting paid, he just can't 
close the game. Now, despite 49 fantasy points, Zach Lomax, he can't kick goals anymore. And he's so slow. What's going on with Zachy Lomax? Maybe it's because he's broken up with Sergis. No, no idea. Someone let, let us know. 475k would not be going anywhere near him. Now, Birdie had a really slow start. Good that he got to 41 fantasy points, but Jesus has got a big fan. Just smashes everyone. But he did have a few demerits in this one, so it does, definitely has to clean in this one up. But I definitely do think that he still is. Him and Lemuelu, I think you do definitely need as a centre pairing. Now, not sure what Ben Murdoch Masilla did, or maybe it's just because of his fitness, but because he had a really good game against the Roosters on Tuesday. But he killed it when he got out there. 22 fantasy points in 35 minutes, so... Unfortunately, I do think guys like him and Couchman were going to be playing in round 13. So, interesting there. Raymond Fatale and Mariner, he was huge. And I'm thinking a big buy on him now that Maxi King, Phil Gould, he's actually been pretty good on his Twitter, Gouldy. Gus has been, like, putting out some really high-detail medical stuff. So, looks like Max King's out for a minimum of four weeks. And the Doggies did need a forward leader. He got the minutes today, 60. Scored 58 fantasy points. It was old-school RFM with full of work rate, tackle breaks, and offloads. My only concern is the short turnaround into Friday night. Now, Jacob Preston, he did copper HIA to shrink his score a touch mid-30s. Now, I did sell him to balance out my mids a few weeks ago. I do think he is selling, entering sell territory again. Now, I did give... Paul Alamotti, one last chance to win my love, but he just did not produce. As a rookie, just misses silly tackles. Also think that he misses both the attention from the opposition on Josh Adokar and Viliami Kiko on that left edge. So he's a sell for mine. Nice debut for Carl Olaapu. Now 21 fantasy points in 48 minutes. Now he played a bit of everywhere, a bit of forwards, a bit of halves. Did have some nice touches. No need to buy him yet. Put him on the watch list, but I do see him taking that six jersey in the next few weeks. Josh Reynolds, absolutely given Grant Atkins a serve today as well. I've seen, yeah, that was very interesting to see Grant cop that from him. Now, just remember Game Day Squad, you can still get in there. So create, coach, and compete. It is free to play. So just head over to www.gamedaysquad.com.au or just download the app and you can play now. Plenty of prizes over there as well. Free packs given out on the weekly as well. So definitely check that out. Can't wait to meet a whole heap of you on Saturday. So, yeah, Saturday, 6th of May, Lefty's Music Hall, Tom Caxton Street, across the road from Suncorp Stadium. Can't wait. Live potty, lots of prizes, lots of narratives, lots of laughs, lots of beers. Just come, and we will have an absolute ripper of a time. All right, guys, that was it for this week. Just remember, Sunday with the Kiwis was out last night with both Tim and Rich. Normal programming this week, TLT. Unfortunately, Andy's away. He's got night shift, but he will be up there in Magic Round, but he'll be missing from Wednesday's programming. Big shout-out to Brenton Vickery, who joined the Talking League squad and had an absolute cracking debut. I'll be returning to Thursday with him this week because Jace will be moving to Wednesday to cover Andy. But plenty of podcasts to come for this week. So I hope you had a really good round. Stay safe. Have a cracking week ahead. And we'll see you at Magic Round. Catch up.